All right. Now, speaking of uh, the larger picture of what's going on in the uh, in the Jewish world and, of course, in the Mideast, let us go to Dan Senior, who is a columnist, chief spokesperson for the Coalition Provisional Authority in Iraq, someone who, who writes and speaks a lot about what's going on in the Mideast. He has a new book called The Genius of Israel, also a co-author of the book Startup Nation a number of years ago. Dan, thank you for spending some time on our program. Hey, Mitch. It's uh good to be with you. I, w- I wish it were about a happier topic. Yes, uh, me too. The, the the situation of what's going on in Israel right now is very interesting because these these hostages are being released uh, a drip and drop at a time. And now Israel seems to be under some pressure from America and I'm sure other parts of the world not to go in and have a ground offensive, but sort of let's let this whole hostage thing play out which is understandable for the families of the hostages, uh, but perhaps not what Israel needs to do in the long run to, to preserve its security. Can you talk about the, the struggle in trying to please the world and do what Israel needs to do at the same time? Yeah, well, first of all, I'd say that Israel has a longstanding policy of going to extraordinary lengths to get any Israeli citizens back safely. Uh, in 2006, uh, Gilad Shalit, an Israeli soldier, was taken hostage. Uh, in 2011, over the course of five years of on and off negotiations, Israel, in order to get Gilad Shalit back, returned 1,000, close to 1,100 Palestinians that were in Israeli jail. Some of them very violent, tied to Hamas. Some of them today actually are leaders of, of Hamas, um, just to get that one soldier back. So, you know, Hamas knows the value that Israel puts on human life and capturing 250 Israelis. You can imagine what they, they thought they must have been a gold mine for them in terms of um, how they right. could deter Israel potentially from attacking and um, and could, you know, drag out negotiations. So I think you're seeing some of that play out right now. Uh, we wrote about in our book, in the new book we have coming out, uh, the, the Genius of Israel, and we talk about these prisoner exchanges in Israel's history of them and the implications. I do think Israel is to some degree rethinking how, how it has approached that. Maybe it has created negative incentives uh, for, um, for terrorist groups to take advantage, to capitalize on this incredible value Israelis have for human life. These are gut-wrenching decisions, Israeli decision makers. Need to um, need to wrestle with, but I, I think what you're seeing right now, to your point, is Hamas is going to start dribbling out a couple prisoners at a time, right? They did two last week. They're going to do did another two today, presumably, according to reports. You know, I think in a few days they'll see more. I think this will play out, and it just it does constrain Israel's options, and of course, it increases the pressure potentially that the U.S. government will put on Israel not to yeah. uh, engage in Gaza well, well, until it, it de- more it de- of those It definitely helps them in the PR game, which I have to say they seem to have gotten very good at. And uh, yeah. uh, But it also seems that the, that the field is tilted in the PR game. You know, Hamas releases a couple hostages, and the world's reaction, by and large, is— See Israel, they're releasing hostages. Don't go in. Don't hurt innocent Palestinians. Don't you know? Just stay where you are. But when Hamas comes over and murders fourteen hundred people uh, in cold blood, the outrage goes for a couple of days, and then it seems to be fading out. Like like, oh, well, we can just forget about that. That was two weeks ago, and and yeah. and Israel doesn't have the right to to retaliate to that. 
and and even 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 people like Thomas Friedman in the New York Times are saying Israel should stand down because this is going to be the worst thing they can possibly do if they go into Gaza. It you, it's a you break it, you bought it, and now you're going to start World War Three. Is there any scenario by which Israel could not go into Gaza and still somehow not pay a big price for it? No, I think uh, for the last couple of decades, Israel has learned to have a sort of practical relationship. I hate to say it like that, just being sounding so clinical, but they basically had a practical relationship uh, with Hamas as uh, to say, you, Israel pulled out of Gaza. It's yours, Hamas, or it's yours to the Palestinians. You run it. In 2005, they did this. In 2007, Hamas took over Gaza. And uh, Israel wants nothing to do with it. And we'll have some skirmishes every couple of years, but basically we'll both, each, each entity will mind its own business. That doctrine no longer works. That organizing relationship no longer works. But the moment Hamas said it is going to war, and as you said, not just killing Israelis in cold blood, it is the most barbaric. I, I've worked with human rights lawyers. I've worked with, I had on my podcast the other day, Matthew Waxman, who's a professor of international law at Columbia University, who's covered atrocities all over the world. He says what he saw Hamas do to Israel on October 7th is like something he has never seen before in terms of its barbarism. Because remember, it's not just the murder in cold blood. It's the torture. It's the systematic rape. It's the beheading. It's beheading children. It is burning babies alive. I mean, this is a whole other level of, of sickness, of barbarism, and of psychological warfare on the Israeli people. And I just think the idea that Israel, because then after that, a couple of hostages are released, Israel's being told they can't respond to this barbarism and to remove the threat that, that is sending this barbarism within their borders is just, we would, Mitch, we wouldn't accept a standard for anybody. Like we wouldn't tell any country they, they couldn't respond. Well, of like course. This. And when, so when, 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 when the U S was attacked on nine 11 and, and we went into Afghanistan you didn't hear people say, now make sure you don't kill any innocent Afghanis and you better not touch any children there with any stray bombs. And yet Israel, in, in response to what you just laid out, that heinous, gruesome way of killing, Israel is held on the same level if a bomb that they send to try to kill Hamas leadership happens happens to also destroy a building in which there's a family because that's exactly yeah. where they're operating from. They're on the same level as Hamas crossing the border, raping, slicing people's heads off and whatever. How is how why is that? Well, yeah, I, I will take it a step farther. Uh, President Biden has repeatedly compared Hamas to ISIS. Look at the lengths we went to to take on ISIS, uh, to take on ISIS. And we didn't say, you know, in the process of wiping out ISIS, that even if ISIS co-located with civilians and therefore civilians were killed, there was a result of ISIS using civilians as human shields. It didn't restrain the United States. President Biden has compared Hamas to the Nazis. Well, look what we did to cities like Dresden in Germany, or look at how we firebombed Tokyo. I mean, we, we took action to eradicate a barbaric threat, recognizing that tragically in war, the civilians who are being used as human shields are co-located right. with the threat that so has to be So why is Israel held to a singular standard? This is a great question of our time. And I will say, Mitch, I, you know, I think criticism of Israel at its root is a form, not all criticism of Israel, but this kind of criticism we're talking about is at its 
at its root is about holding Israel to a standard we don't hold anyone else to, and it's a form of discrimination. And I, 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 I hate to say it, but there's an element of anti-Semitism in this. When you say we will apply one standard to every other player in the world, but the one Jewish state that is defending its Jewish borders to keep the Jewish people safe and secure, given a torturous history of almost every century them being attacked and killed and in certain centuries being subjected to genocide and pogroms. There's one Jewish state that has to defend its borders. And lo and behold, it's that state that has to be held to a completely different standard than any other state in the civilized world. That's discriminatory. And when it's discriminatory against Jews, it is a form of anti-Semitism. Dan Sr. is a columnist, spokesperson, his book, the Genius of Israel uh, is, uh, is is out in must-reading there, and I appreciate your comments, Dan. I hope we get a chance to talk again. Thanks, Mitch. I really appreciate it, and thanks for, for doing everything you're doing on this topic. It's 760 WJR.